0: One, two, one, two, three, four. Okay, welcome back to the pregame golf podcast on RJ Bell's Dream Preview. I'm Will Doctor, uh, alongside James Ledbetter, um, and led rolling solo last week. Took you through Maya Coba. Um, had an excellent, excellent week. Now increases his head-to-head streak to nine for nine. Led, great job running the solo ship last week. Tell us more about last week.
1: Yeah, I was able to hang in there with Will at the Spirit International. Uh, heard you had a great week. Got to, you know, see him on a in a couple of clips. So it was pretty cool to see him uh, doing that as well.
0: Led, um, I was sweating, though. You know, you can't bet on amateur golf. So it was a tough week for me in some yeah, sense.
1: You had to go by the book this week. Uh, but the Mel, the Mel Kuiper hair looked absolutely wonderful. And, uh, you know, it was an ode to him. But getting back to Mayakoba, congrats to Victor Hoblin for going back-to-back at Mayakoba. I'm not going to sit here and lie. I was directly fading him last week. I did not think he was going to be able to go back-to-back against that strong a field. He had a little bit of turbulence before he teed off the, in even the first round. Um, who was it? Dan Was Danny Lee? Who broke his driver? Hitting, uh, he was hitting it. Um, it's Danny Lee, right? I want to. Yeah, say. no, it so, was, it was, it was. I saw it on Twitter. So Danny Lee, who has pretty much done the full Bryce and been swinging 130 miles an hour, uh, wanted to try Victor Hovland's driver, end up snapping it the day before he teed off, and uh, yeah, didn't do anything to Victor. He went back to back at Mayakoba, notched his third PJ Tour win, and I guess Will, we're gonna have to start taking him pretty seriously when it comes to these picks. We've been uh. One of my things was I was shying away from him when he was in those kind of sixteen to one, you know, eighteen to one areas, but you know, deservedly so now with uh, with beating uh, that stacked of a field. In terms of my week, yes, you're right. I am on an absolute bender with these head to heads. Uh, I had Sergio over Ian Poulter minus one twenty five, Gary Woodland over Pat Perez minus one ten, and Brendan Todd over Joel Damon. So. That was nice. Got off to a wonderful start on Thursday with a Matthew Wolf first round leader, 40 to one. One of the things we are concerned about about Matt in a four round tournament is just he's so up and down. He's a roller coaster. He proved that this week with a third round 74 that, you know, pretty much took him out of the event. But the first round he had 11 of 14 fairways and shot a uh, easy 61 to take a two shot lead in the tournament. And, uh, you know, if they're going to keep They brought it down to 35 to one this week, but if they're going to keep offering it kind of in that range, it's kind of tough to pass up on a guy that uh, just seems to, you know, be all or nothing. And if he's all, then we love him at 40 to one to uh, to be taking over tournaments in the first round, but, you know, moving into will your hometown tournament this week. uh, I'm definitely going to be leaning on you in terms of the uh, course intro and stuff like that. But what do you have to say about, the hewlett packard enterprise houston open these names it's like they're the tournaments are competitive among each other to see who can get the most characters I mean, you can barely tweet it is that too many characters
0: no i know and and you have to like anytime as far as the media goes anytime you mention the event you have to bring you have to include the sponsor name and no we're um I've seen some some interesting new sponsor names this year, and and this is definitely one of them. I definitely prefer like Shell Houston Open
1: with such a pure, you know, a pure yes. tournament name and the golf course. It was awesome. I mean, that seems like one of the kind of top 10. What course was that?
0: Yeah, it was. Um, it was Golf Club of Houston, uh, yeah. which has one public course, which the tournament was played on and then one member's course. And it was pure it was the week before the master's they set it up kind of identical um, mm. to that golf course. And now Jim crane, who um, <clears throat> is the head of the Astros foundation and owner of the Astros is kind of working to get uh, this golf tournament back before the masters. And I was joking with someone earlier. He's all, he's also the owner of the Astros and we're in the middle of this big controversy, whether we're going to sign shortstop Carlos Correa or not. And, I'm like, forget about that. Just let's just focus on spending your money on getting the the Houston open back to the week before the Masters. Uh, Mm -hmm. But still a lot on the line this week. Um, I think we're two weeks away from like the PGA Tour Christmas break uh, is what Mm -hmm. I call it. Um, And a lot of players are trying to get points uh, before this break so they can come out on the other side, you know guys like Brooks Kepka who haven't had a good start to the year, definitely some incentive to try to get some FedEx cup or yeah, some FedEx cup points, um, before Christmas break, as far as the golf course goes, um, speaking of Brooks, he had some say in, in how this was redesigned two years ago. Um, I've played out there a couple of times. I walk, Memorial park has this huge track around the golf course that I, you know, walk about four times a week. So pure, a couple of food trucks along the way. Uh, wow. But no, as far as a golf course, you know, these are, it's, it's a very long golf course, 7,400 yards, I guess. As far as that number goes, maybe not super long for a PGA tour
1: golf course, but definitely plays its distance. And I would say, right. We're working with uh, three part fives and five part three. So it being, you know, borderline 7,400, 7,500 yards, I'd say it is probably one of the longer on tour just based off the a scorecard when you're comparing it to the length. Um, you know, not surprising if Brooks was going to be involved with a, with a golf course, uh, that it's going to be on the longer end. Um, it's designed by Tom Doak. Uh, and honestly, well, I don't know what you think of this comparison. I've heard there's like some Congaree comparisons just in terms of, it's the same kind of turf. Uh, it's got kind of, raised greens or turtleback greens where and closely sh- uh, mown areas so even if you hit a ball that lands in the side of the green it can roll off to the side and you got kind of some really difficult pitches around there yeah correct as far as the green goes led um that's definitely going
0: to be the teeth of the golf course um the, the tour is going to have the freedom of uh making you know the speeds of the greens exactly how they want them. We're we're gonna when this tournament starts on Thursday, we're gonna be looking at about 10 days of perfect weather in Houston. Um so yeah they're definitely gonna make the greens teeth at the golf course. I'd say in comparison to Congaree, there's a little bit more freedom to spray the golf ball um around Memorial Park. Uh but it's definitely gonna favor, you know, it's gonna somewhat favor the bombers. I mean that being said, 2020 Houston Open champion Carlos Ortiz isn't the longest driver of the golf ball, but I was looking at some mm. of the replays earlier and he just played this low, like chasing drive all over the golf course uh, last mm-hmm. year. So, um, as far as guys like Harry Higgs, shorter hitters that, you know, just hit fairway after fairway, Sung JM, even Cameron Smith, even though I'm, I'm going against him in head to heads this week. But, um, and then straight Bermuda all around the golf course, like just tech, the Texas Muni special.
1: Yeah, so one of the things I'll be plugged into in terms of stats is looking at – I think I'm going to look at some of the bombers just based on the course being over 7,400 yards and it being a par 70. Bermuda grass putting on the greens, seeing who kind of stands out on those. And then we have an Adam Schefter, Adrian Wojnarowski, Woj bomb in terms of Carlos Ortiz is not going to be teeing up this year, not going to be defending the Houston Open. Not sure why yet, but hopefully he's healthy and feeling Okay. Um, but just looking at how the golf course played last year, yes, there were some, um, weather conditions that they had to deal with. Uh, the winning score was 13 under, and then you had, you know, realistically, it played really difficult just because of the fact that if you finished at three under for the tournament last year, you finished in a tie for 20th. So, you know, less than half the field even broke par. I believe the cut was at four over or something. So I think something similar to that this week. But one thing is, it is a pretty new golf course. And the first couple years of a golf course, it normally plays pretty firmer and tougher just because the grass and the, the uh, surfaces are still kind of settling. So I, you'd assume that over that couple year span, it'll start to soften up and be a little more receptive to second shots. But that's one thing we're going to look at, too, is uh, strokes games approach just because of the tricky greens. Um, not much trouble off the tee, so everyone should be pretty much hitting from similar spots. We're not going to have guys, you know, playing out of, uh, you know, playing behind trees or out of hazards too much from what it seems like. But just looking yeah, at a ton, of, year, a ton
0: of trees were removed for that renovation. Bud. For sure.
1: And then just looking at uh, some notables that are playing this week, obviously defending champion not playing. He shot 1300 part of win last year. We had a Taylor Gooch. who has been playing great. He finished nine under last year. Brooks finished five back at eight under the quarter co-designer and then the tournament favorite of, um, coming into this week, Sam Burns, he finished at seven under six back last year. So. The Aaron course definitely, Yeah. Aaron wise also in our top 10 favorite finished 11th here last year. Someone I'm going to be looking at a lot today. Yeah. And the course definitely held its own. I, um, one of the things I was looking at was the course was in the top three hardest of last pj tour season for all the not including major courses so um memorial park definitely held its own but Will, do you have anything to add or should we get into those favorites <laughs> no let, let's let's you can go right ahead with sam burns okay sam burns 12 to 1 sam is the favorite for a reason in his last 50 rounds sam is first in strokes gained t to green and 10th in putting which just seems like you know, you'd have four wins in that time span. Like, what else can you do, right, besides, hit the, you know, hit your driver good, irons well, and be the 10th best putter? Uh, he is the second best putter on the tour on Bermuda Green. So this is honestly probably uh, the service he prefers. He is from he's from Louisiana, yeah, so they're yeah. probably playing on that stuff most of the time anyway. So far this season, he has a win at the Sanderson Farms, a tied 14th Shriners, and a tied fifth at the stacked CJ Cup. Um, He was actually leading going into the final round at the Houston Open last year before a final round 72 when everybody kind of blitzed it on Sunday. He went the other direction and he ended up in a tie for seventh. As far as favorites go, I'm rarely going to take them unless they are, you know, a prime tiger or their number is right. Honestly, at 12 to one, Sam is a pass for me with how well he's been playing. I definitely would maybe sprinkle him in a top 10 or even a top five, maybe. So you can get some value out of it. But as far as 12 to one, Sam is a pass for me with, even with how well he's been playing. Yeah. Me
0: as well. Led. And it's actually, it's, it's um it's weird to see Sam Burns. He's the favorite of a golf tournament. I think this is the first tournament uh, where he's been there uh, 12 to one, a little bit too extensive for me as well. Uh, so I don't have anything on him this week. Um, on to Scotty Scheffler at 18 to one uh, Scheffler has played the Houston open the last two years. Uh, one of those years two no, yeah, two years ago uh, being at a different venue than Memorial, but has finished inside the top 32 in both starts. And, you know, obviously his game is in a way better place um, than both times that he's arrived in Houston in previous years, <clears throat> had a bit of a cold start to the season miscut at Shriners, 38 at CJ cup. Uh, but last week at my we definitely saw the, saw the, Scotty Scheffler who was in contention in nearly every big event last week. Um, I think this golf course sets up beautifully for, for him as long as he doesn't drive it. Like he did at the CJ cup a couple of weeks ago, where he lost almost six shots off the tee to the field. Um, I believe he will be in contention this week at the Houston open. Um, and kind of reemphasizing Scheffler's, one of those players that I feel like there's some major incentive this week, um, you know, to for good play. Considering that there's only two weeks left to the fall season, you want to come back in the in in the spring um, in high ranks in the FedEx Cup standings. And uh, you know, we keep waiting for Scheffler Shefford to to get his first victory. Yeah, I don't
1: have him to win this week, but I definitely have some plays um, for him later on. Yeah, I don't love him at 18-1 to one with, you know, zero career victories. I'd like to see it before we uh, before we start betting on it. But in terms of, yeah, I do like Scotty on this golf course. I have him in uh, some head-to-head. So we'll look at that kind of a little later in the podcast here. But moving into our next guy, it's Cameron Smith at 18-1. to one. Cam is 79th off the tee and 25th approach in his last 50 rounds coming into this week. The one thing that stands out with Cam Smith's game is that we don't like is the kind of crooked and short with the driver, uh, which won't be great this week, just because like we talked about 7,400 hundred-yard golf course, um, a little bit of forgiveness off the tee, but I just think he, uh, he honestly isn't going to be a play for me this week, even with the fact that he, realistically he has the, you know, handful of guys. When you talk about best short games on tour, Cam Smith is definitely in there. I mean, when he's got the blacked-out Scotty Rowland, that guy does not miss inside, uh, inside 20 feet. So he's only played one event so far this season. He had a top 10 at the CJ Cup with four rounds in the 60s. Um, but the way this golf course is going to play, I don't think it's going to be really a shootout. I think it's going to be more in that kind of 13, 14, 15 under par range. So I don't know if that really suits him when his game is so reliant kind of on the short game. Uh, he has finished in the top 35 in his last eight events. Highlighted by that second place finish at the Northern Trust where Tony finally broke through. As you remember, uh, they were in a playoff there and he hit it about 75 yards right yeah. into the. What, what ocean is that? I need to work on my geography. Is that Atlantic? Um, right. I guess it's a bay. We won't call it. We'll say it in the bay. Oh, I, uh, I know. It was, a, it was a dock winger. Yeah. But honestly, I don't exactly love Cam Smith everyone treats him like this two to three time PGA tour champion. But honestly, there's it. I think two of those wins are Zurich classic championships when he is just riding the coattails of some other guy and getting <laughs> <career> <laughs> exemptions. So given the fact that the Houston open is a one man event this week, I'm going to pass on Cameron Smith. And that's kind of just based on it. I don't like the, uh, the big stick for him this week. So he, Cam is a pass for me this week, especially at eighteen to one seems a little pricey. Yeah, he's a pass for me too, Len. I mean, great driver of the golf ball,
0: but that it does matter here at here here at Memorial this week. But this is a second shot golf course. Um, I, I don't think he catches kind of the same luck around the greens um, and, and on a typical golf course. So passing on him as well and fading him in the head dead. So we'll get to that shortly. Um, on to Sung JM at twenty to one. I started with Scheffler who I liked. I also love Sung J.M. this week, a very straight hitter of the golf ball, not the longest. Um, and, you know, a, a lot of, you know, a lot of people podcast media are going to tell you that only bombers can win around this golf course. That's not a hundred percent true. Uh, I mentioned Carlos Ortiz, who is not um, a straight hitter to the golf ball at all did win last year uh, here. Um, and, you know, I, I just I don't think this year you're going to have to worry as much about distance as last year where there was some rain. The course softened up a bit. It's going to be perfect conditions. Um, the other thing I love about Sung J M is Bermuda grass greens this week, and Sung J does not putt better on any other surface than Bermuda. He struggled on the greens in Vegas. Now he's getting back to what is comfortable. And I'm definitely going to be looking um, to bet Sung J M this week.
1: Yeah. And for me on Sung he is a pass at 20 to one. I just have a hard time believing he's going to win two, you know, two events and three starts. Um, I know he's a great player. I don't know if he's that kind of player that seems uh, uncharted territory for him um, just in terms of he already cashed in in Vegas. So uh, yeah, Sung Jay is a pass for me, but you know, a couple of the things you talked about could line up for a good week for him, but pass for me moving into our next guy, Taylor Gooch at 22 to one. Now, this is one of the guys I definitely like this week. Make sure you're price shopping around because I have seen him in other areas high as 30 to one. So obviously way more value there. But moving back to Taylor's game, he has been playing great so far this year. He's a tied fourth at the Fortinet, tied 11th at the Shriners, tied fifth at the CJ Cup, and a tied 11th last week in Mexico. He's sixth on tour and approach and sixth around the green. So he doesn't miss greens often, but when he does, he's getting them up and down at a high clip. Um, of the favorites I've mentioned I love Taylor Gooch Uh, now one of those guys you know it's kind of like how you look at it in terms of oh he's never won on tour he's um you know maybe he might be a guy to fade because he's going to choke on Sunday and Taylor Gooch did choke uh last Sunday but honestly he's been putting himself in position and if you keep knocking on the door eventually it's going to open he's been in the final group it seems like you know, four or five times already in the short PJ tour season. So he is one of the guys I definitely love. Um, surprisingly, well, I didn't even know this. he's going into his fifth year on tour. So, you know, obviously looking at that, you would like to see some more wins on the resume, but he really hasn't con- been, con- he's really been contending more in these events in the last, uh, in the last 12 months here. So, even course history wise, he's finished solo fourth year last year with a final round sixty three. So you can't really leave the property with a much better taste in your mouth than what Gooch has got going on. And I'm gonna try to not pair up those two statements together like I did with Gooch and taste in your mouth. But he's playing the best golf of his career, so I think he may uh, he may break through this week. So he's on DraftKings at twenty two to one, but I've seen him twenty eight to one and thirty to one in some areas. So uh, Taylor Gooch for me is a hard yes. Yeah, and
0: it's tough to argue with you there, especially in past result. What he did last year in Houston, um, he has lost shots off the tee in seven of his last ten starts, which worries me. You know, around Memorial, but you know, through that he hasn't finished outside. You know, top eleven. I mean, he has two two eleven place finishes in his last four starts. Hasn't finished outside the top eleven, and 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 in, in his last four starts. So um definitely a good case there for for taylor gooch on to matthew
1: yeah go ahead and yeah as we know well with golf obviously it's a bit of a game of runs and it seems like he's on a bit of a run right now so um when you are playing well and putting yourself in position you obviously want to cash in during that during that stretch so hopefully you can keep it going this week and uh you know have a chance there on sunday but moving into mr wolf uh like i know this is your guy but i just want to uh, thank him for uh, that Thursday round last week. It uh, definitely, you know, helped the account. <laughs> huge, huge, what as we say, uh, but no,
0: very rare week uh, where I like the first three favorites I discussed. But this week, I, you know, I, I, I love Matthew Wolf too around this track. Um, you know, Scheffler and Sung are very straight hitters of the golf ball, which is why I like them. I like Wolf, not particularly because he's consistently accurate off the tee because he's definitely not. Uh, but I do think that Memorial Park is a course that you can spray it relative to tour standards. Um, it's not tied by any means. I've seen it for myself. Um, and, and on top of that, Wolf has shown that his accuracy is making the slight bit of progress. My coba and TPC Summerlin, you know, Led, correct me if I'm wrong, are not places that you can spray it all over the map, yet he finished top five in both events, uh, which were his last two starts. And um, just
1: going just going on to show how his ball striking, his last three events, he went like 40% fairway average, and then the week before uh, – sorry, the next week was like 56%. And then last week at Mayakoba, 77% of fairways out there. So that's definitely, uh, you know, golfing your ball. Window, beautiful that place, that place is tight. Yeah, beautiful stat. And he's yet to finish outside the
0: top 20 in a PGA Tour event this season. His best butting surface is Bermuda. There's a lot to love this week with the big bad Wolf. And he definitely could be my pick to win this whole
1: thing. Yeah, I mean, for me, I'm staying away from Wolf Still, <coughs> uh, just as a four-round guy just because he's kind of been on that roller coaster. It'd be fun if they had some sort of bet that was who has the low round for the event because it seems like Matt Wolf might be like 10 to 1. Uh, I love that. <laughs> but, I love uh, that. But um, yeah, Matt, he's definitely shown more consistency as of late. Uh, he might be one of those guys where, you know, you kind of see how he's driving it through 18 holes, maybe 36 holes. And then if, you know, he is kind of in the hunt there, you get him at a decent number. He might be uh, definitely got to look at it in terms of a live bet situation. But moving into our next guy, Tyrrell Hatton at 25 to one. He's the eighth best ball striker, fifth best iron player in the, in the event. Uh, in terms of his last couple of results, he had an 18th at the CJ cup, a 40th at Mayacoba, and a tied second at the Alfred Dunhill championship. Um, his nickname is Mr. November. Like we've talked about previously, five of Tyrell's six wins were in October or November. And then when you're looking at course history, we obviously only have one year to go off because the second year the tournament's been here, but he finished tied seventh last year. So another guy kind of in this favorites uh, i'm I'm liking tyrrell uh, just because he's such a complete player through the bag in terms of solid driver solid iron player and then you know kind of one of the best uh putters out there little stat I saw was Hatton every time he finishes outside the top 30 the next week he has a second place an 18th a 17th a miscut and a second and last week he finished tied 40th so that may be, uh, this might be his bounce back week here at the Houston Open for, for Tyrrell at 25 to 1.
0: It, two beautiful stats there with Mr. October and November. I did not know that. Because, I mean, just yes. looking at his past results, I'm kind of like 25 to 1 seems a bit overpriced. Um, that definitely makes some sense there. Um, you know, on top of that little following up, uh, was it following
1: up with the top 30? He, he, what was that second stat there, Lord? When he finishes outside the top 40 the week before. Sorry, when he finishes outside the top thirty of the week for the next week, he's gone second, eighteenth, seventeenth, MC. I'm sure you're sick and second. Beautiful. <laughs> so, <laughs> beautiful. So, so, hey, great look there for Hatton. Um, definitely some
0: things there that I didn't know. Uh, didn't factor that into my plays, but but uh, but beautiful work there. On to Tony Fee now at twenty-five to one. Um, this is kind of the first of the favorites that I'm completely out on. You know, Tony's had a slow start to the season. Uh, he scares me on Bermuda greens this week, and he's coming off three starts where so he's lost at least four shots um, on the greens lead. So I'm I'm totally passing on Tony this week. Uh, not much to like about him for me.
1: Yeah, he's kind of in that middle area, and I talked about it last week on the podcast where um, he had a win in less you know less than five starts ago. So the the books are still juicing him a little bit, right? He was probably yeah. at. 20 to one in that he's 21 last week, 22 to one. Now he's getting up to 25 to one. I kind of want to take Tony after a little longer of a drought here. Let's get him back up to 35 to one, 40 to one where he belongs. But yeah, with t- tied 45th in his last two events, nothing really uh, too exciting. I'd love a miscut next week, honest. Sorry, this week, honestly, to give that number a little more juice for the offseason. But uh, moving into our next guy. The media and everybody loves this guy this week, Brooks Kepka 28 to 1. Um, honestly, when I first saw it, I was like, That's that's unpassable, right? Because just in terms of the fact that Brooks Kepka, when you see his name, you just expect something in the teens next to his name, you know, 15 to 1, 16 to 1, 18 to 1 range, and we're getting him at 28 to 1. And we are getting him at that high, uh, of sorry. At those ba- those bad odds for a reason. Uh, he has really been struggling as of late. He hasn't had a top twenty since the British Open, and really his irons have been off, um, really off so far this season in his first couple starts. He's one hundred seventieth strokes gained approach uh, in these first couple events compared to last year throughout the PJ Tour season he was twenty fifth. So really need to get those irons back on track. Uh, just eyeball test. I was watching him last um, last week at the Mayakoba, one hundred twelve yards. Just a nice comfortable uh pitching wedge or sand wedge. And he's kind of got the shaft lean, just air mailing greens right now with wedges. Uh he had, yeah, two or three wedges, honestly, where it's just like the camera's doing the thing where it like can't even follow the ball because it doesn't have the angle to like get back to they didn't expect anybody to you know go 15 yards over the green. So yes, he has been struggling with the short irons a lot. And like we talked about, this is gonna be a second shot golf course. So even if he bombs it out there, if he's not hitting the, you know, his short irons and mid irons, you know, inside, you know, 15, 20 feet, I'm not necessarily gonna take him. You know, he's one of those guys where you take him to win and he misses cut and you feel like an idiot. And then you take him to miss cut and he wins and you feel like an idiot. So he's another one of those guys. It's uh tough to judge, kind of a coin flip. Obviously, uh, you know, we talked about he had a good uh, year here last year with a fifth place finish. Um, I think everybody's overhyping the fact that he's a cool course designer. And, you know, hey, he just individual. put his name on the thing. Let's just be real. Yeah. Yeah. And it's one of those things. Well, as we know, I don't care if he built the golf course, uh, you know, last week by himself and <laughs> no one that's seen it, no one else has practice rounds. If you're not hitting your short irons close to the hole, you're just not going to score. Well, it doesn't have to, anything to do with, um, you know, you designing the golf course or uh, Tom Fazio would have won 15 cha- uh, majors. So yeah, right. uh, <laughs> Yeah, so in terms of Brooks Kepka, he's a pass for me. The number seems tough to pass up on, but I just don't like really the way he's hitting his irons. So, uh, yeah, he's a pass.
0: And on to Aaron Wise at 28-1. to Tough to not like Wise this week, considering he's one of the best players on tour to start this season. He has not finished outside the top 15 in his last three events. Um, on top of that, he finished 11th here at Memorial Park last year. Um, and although he is still very young, only 25 years old, I thought Wise showed great consistency last year, uh, making 17 cuts and 24 starts. Um, he's the third best driver of the golf ball in the field this week um, and hasn't showed uh, many signs of weakness on the greens, really regardless of the surface. Um, you know, led, you had him in a couple plays. I remember last year, he, you know, he always seems to be a good pick. I've got a couple plays on
1: him this year and um, I really like Aaron Wise. Yeah. And he's one of the handful of guys on tour that if they could like cut consistently, well, they'd be, you know, just auto hall of famers even already in his short career. One of his things he's always struggled with is his putting. Um, but like we talked about going the last week, he's been able to pick up strokes on the greens and going the last week would have been four of his last six events. Um, He has been switching around with the putter. I think he was going uh, arm lock, and now he's back to the short putter, and he's jumping around with that. Don't tell me that, Led. But (laughs) if he can get that, you know, but obviously whatever he's got working uh, the last, you know, six, seven weeks at the start of the season has been been doing it. So, you know, with his kind of ball-striking matchup with that putting, he is a tough guy to pass up on. But uh, let's move into our next – uh, section here we have head to heads I am nine and oh I can do no wrong as of now I'm going a little light on the head to head this week with only two picks trying to keep that unbeaten streak going but you know this is just what I like for my first pick I'm taking Sam over Cam Sam Burns over Cameron Smith minus 130 I'm getting the third best ball striker in the field versus the 51st best ball striker Sam is also ranked as the better putter between the two. So, normally, when you see that big of disparity, is that a word? You know, that big of uh, um, gap between that, you'd expect the worst ball striker to be the better putter. But in this scenario, Sam Burns is still the better putter. So, on a tough golf course, I just really think Sam has a complete game where I think Cam Smith could struggle uh, just because he's not going to be playing really from the same areas that uh, Sam Burns can be playing um kind of surprising to me that uh just so far in the short pj tour season and overall that for some reason i always thought cameron smith was like really long really long and it's you know he's averaging you know under two i believe it was like 297 or something under 300 the, yeah. yeah just kind of yeah. one of those guys that runs it out a lot kind of like runs ortiz higgs yeah and As we know, he's had some brutal uh, pro tracers over the years. Uh, None more uh, famous than the one he had against Tony Finau in that playoff. But I just think Sam Burns is a better ball striker, better putter, and a lot of things going for him. Especially if the wind blows, we love the better ball strikers. Well, there's supposed to be a couple gus gusts up there this week. So for my first one, Sam Burns over Cameron Smith, minus 130. And then for my next guy, it's just fade Cameron Smith week. I'm taking Scotty Scheffler over Cameron Smith, minus 110. In this matchup, I'm getting the ninth best driver in the field versus the 88th best driver in the field. Uh, Scotty has been struggling with the driver. He had a rough CJ Cup. He could not find a fairway, but he did get it together last week on a tight golf course with a top five at Mayakoba. Um, Even though Cam has, you know, a couple more PJ Tour wins, uh, Scotty's sitting on the goose egg. You know, Cameron Smith might as well have zero with those fraudulent Zurich classic wins. Um, you know, you might as well give them a lifetime exemption to uh, the Masters uh, for those uh, for those zero classic wins with how uh, overblown they are. But um, this one pretty much just comes down to the price for me. Minus 110, the books see them on the same level and I do not. So Scotty Scheffler over Cameron Smith minus 110 and Sam Burns over Cameron Smith minus 130 for my head to heads. Yeah, and into my head look like looks like we're gonna
0: it must be some must be the air in Houston. We're gonna get along nicely this week. My first head to head this week is Scotty Scheffler over Cameron Smith at minus Love 110. It. Um, you know, for for you, Led, it came down to the second shot, right? Is that what you said? Uh for Yeah, me, and just and
1: just the driving too, yeah. Right, the, right,
0: yeah. right, right. Um, and, and for me also, you know, I kind of looked into you know, Scotty Scheffler it puts it drastically better on Bermuda greens Um, you know Cameron Smith is a dangerous player this week with how you know well he does drive the golf ball Um, but the distance kind of plays in as led talked about I sense a top five here from Scotty still without a PGA tour win but he just keeps racking up the top tens Um, and and I do believe that this golf course sets up perfectly for him
1: and one of the things too that's uh, not really mentioned too much just with Cam Smith, yes, he is a very good iron player. The one thing I would say is, you know, he's really one of the best wedge players on tour, but I don't think he's going to have that many wedges this week at being a par 70, 7,400 yards. You know, there are a couple beast par fours out there where you're hitting six irons in, and if Sam Burns is hitting nine irons, I'll take it all day. So, uh, yeah, just kind of talking about that there. You mean Scheffler? Sorry, Scheffler.
0: Scheffler, Scheffler. So, my agreed. So, my first head-to-head is Scotty Scheffler. Um, over cam smith at minus 110 Uh, me and led both have that this week my second head-to-head is aaron wise over adam scott um at minus 110 uh just wrapped up mayors Aaron wise discussion uh but you know this um probably gonna be my best bet this is not gonna be a fair head-to-head this week adam scott in my opinion um is way overpriced this week because he finished fifth in the cj cup um, he, you know, Scott has not driven the ball well, 40th in total driving so far this year, which does not really fit this golf course. Um, he's not the bomber that, well, not quite the bomber that I believe he once was. Um, and it, you know, if you're not the kind of driver, that's going to hit it as far as Wolf or like possibly a Fienau or a Kepka, you know, you do have to hit it straight around here. Um, and, Lastly, Adam Scott, not particularly the best putter on Bermuda Greens, really not the best putter in general. Um, so I, I, I don't see this course really matching up uh, with what he brings to the table. So my two head to heads um, are Scotty Scheffler over Cameron Smith at minus 110 and Aaron Wise over Adam Scott at minus 110.
1: Love him. Love him. And let's move into those picks to place. Um... For my first pick to place, I am taking Sam Burns. Uh, I'm doing top five just because the top ten is so expensive. There, uh, it's going to be top five plus three hundred. I just really think he has a chance to have a good week just based off how he's been playing uh, the last his last fifty rounds. Second uh, tee to green, tenth and putting. Those stats are just you know tough to pass up on. His favorite surface is Bermuda. Having a great year so far, and he finished seventh here last year. So course history everything lines up for sam burns to have a good week and you know obviously we'd love him to win at uh at 12 to 1 there but top five gives us that little bit more wiggle room and just looking at last year's year uh leaderboard you know they're only obviously you had uh carlos ortiz um win there but you only really had three or four guys within four shots of lead so as long as that leaderboard isn't too bunch right we don't want <clears throat> 15 guys within uh within three shots when we're trying to get a top five there so uh yeah that's my first one sam burns top five plus 300 hoping hoping the ball striking will separate him from the field this week my next guy uh you know coming back from the dead tour patrick reed top 20 plus 150 i just love this man on top on tough golf courses it's kind of one of those memories I have singed in my mind when he hit like 10 greens at the U.S. Open uh, at wing foot and got up and down like 50 times for the week to still finish like top 10. I mean, the guy <laughs> could, could not, you know, hit uh, water if he fell out of a boat that week, but still was able to kind of keep it together with the short game. And, you know, one thing that's nice, the ball striking has been a little better as of late. He's coming off back to back made cuts. Uh <laughs> and then highlighted by a second-place finish at Bermuda. Um, if the wind gets blowing, I'm sure he's going to be right at home there after a good result at Bermuda. He's from the Houston area, right, Woodlands? Yeah, yeah uh, no, no,
0: no better place to get some revenge than uh, right here at home in Houston.
1: Yeah, and honestly, just the way the course sets up, if 69 is a good score this week, which it looks like it might be, uh, I absolutely love Captain America this week. So Patch Greed, top 20 plus 150. For my last one, it's a little bit more of a long shot. It's Taylor pendrith top 20 three thirty. pendrith is the eighth best driver in the tournament. And we got a really long golf course. He is coming off a miscut in Mexico where we faded him because the course fit, it was short and tight, you know, obviously huge letdown at the Bermuda open the week before when he pretty much had the tournament in the bag going into the 17th pole before a double bogey on the reachable part five there. Um, realistically should have won there. Uh, but top fifties in his four previous events, and he just needs a, a good weekend to be right up there. So, Taylor Pendrith, top 20 plus 330. Patrick Reed, top 20 plus 150. And Sam Burns, top five plus 300. Okay, into my picks uh, to place
0: for the Houston Open this week, I'm going to start with Brooks Kekka top 20 and plus 130. And here's the deal I could care less um, how many bad tournaments Brooks has in a row. I'm taking him every time to top 20 um, at plus money. I love the price here. Yes. He has not had a top 20 finish since the open championship back in July, but keep in mind um, Brooks has not lost strokes off the tee since the 2020 CJ cup a little over a year ago. um, Yes. This is the second chop golf course and the iron play has been a big issue for Brooks. um, But I do believe you know, if there's a week where he can kind of take advantage of the driver and give himself a little relief with the iron play, this could be a good fit for him. I think this tournament, you know, we talked about it with Scheffler. This tournament holds a little bit of weight for him as far as being the second-to-last event before the offseason. Um, I think, you know, just – I'm not even sure where he ranks on the FedEx, FedEx Cup points. It's not – he's not – definitely not – probably not even inside the top 125 right now. Um, not that it matters for him, but definitely motivated to earn some FedEx Cup points before the Christmas break. So, first pick to place is Brooks Kepke at top 20, plus 130. Uh, my second one, we're going back to Aaron Wise, top 20 at plus 140. A lot of money on Aaron Wise this week. Um, I absolutely love him. It's the long term consistency that I love about Aaron Wise. Um, you know, it's not just about what he's done in the last three weeks. He, he, he's proven that he can do it all year long. Uh, eight top 20s last year for Aaron Wise. He's arguably one of the best golf drivers of the golf ball on tour right now. He's 16th in birdie average on the PGA Tour. Um, and, I, I you know, based off on, on how he's done on Bermuda Greens recently, he can really tear it up here in Houston this week. Uh, so my two picks to place. Our Brooks Kepka top 20 at plus 130 and Aaron Wise top 20 at plus
1: 140. Love him. Love him. And moving into my dark horse, I'm matching it up with, I got Taylor Penderth again at 110 to one. I'm going, this is, you know, one of those numbers that kind of just jumps out at you. I see him more in that 90 to one range, 95 to one range, but at 110 to one, um, he's just tough to pass up on with all the firepower he has. With courts fit his recent play, I just don't think he should be valued. You know, he's valued behind guys like Jason Day and slightly in front of guys like Lee Westwood, and he has some you know recent form as of late. So I just think it's a little disrespectful to him. So for my dark horse, it's Taylor Pendrith at 110 to one. And my dark horse this week for the Houston Open, I hit my dark
0: horse a couple of weeks ago. I didn't get a chance to talk about it with the Monday qualifier um, for Bermuda. Uh, Patrick Flavin, he top 20 to plus yes. 400. Uh, so I'm gonna stick with picking my dark horse in the top 20 section and I love Harry Higgs top 20 at plus 400 this week. Uh, he's 33rd in total driving um, on the PGA Tour this year. I think his odds fell so much in the top 20 section because of his distance. but he reminds me of the type of driver that that you know last year's Houston, Houston Open Championship Carlos Ortiz is, very straight, just likes to chase it out there. Um, and Higgs is also putting phenomenally, picking up almost two shots on the field on average in his last five events. Bermuda is his best putting surface, picks up about half a shot uh, more when he's on Bermuda. I love Harry Higgs, top 20 and plus 400 for my dark horse this week. Love
1: it, love it. And moving into our picks to win, I am taking Patrick Reed at 40-1. to 1. He's 60th off the tee, 50th approach, 6th around the green, and 6th in putting in his last 50 rounds. So, yes, in those first couple events on tour this season, he got off to a rough start, but he seems to have steadied the ship a little bit, um, coming off a 56th in Mexico. Um, You know, one of the things I was talking about with one of my friends is – just how small the margin is uh, between a good week on the PG Tour PJ Tour, and a bad week. I was looking at some of the rounds at Mayakoba. A guy would be, you know, uh, five under through 11 and, you know, make a double and a double, miss the cut by one, versus you have these guys that shoot a, uh, you know, a late Friday afternoon 30 on the back, you know, and make the cut and now have that momentum going. So, you know, it really is such a fine margin, but I think P. Reed, Shouldn't have to worry about the cut too much this week just because it's going to be, you know, in that three, four over range from what we're thinking. Really tough golf course. I'm hoping the wind blows like crazy for Peary this week. You know, in a perfect world, I'd love like if eight under nine under was a winning score. Don't think it's quite going to be with the, the weather forecast we have projected. But I think the short game God has an advantage over everyone in the field with his skill around the greens like we talked about. There's no, you know, they talk about, oh, what's the hardest shot in golf? You know, some people think, you know, fairway bunker shot or a plug lie. It's probably a super grainy pitch off a, uh, off a, you know, a tight lie to a short pin over a bunker. And Patrick Reed can do that thing off a car path. So it's just such an advantage to be able to do that. So Patrick Reed, 40 to one for me for my, my Koba pick to win. And my pick, to Houston Open pick to win. Sorry, Houston Open pick to win. <laughs> no yes. worries, no worries. We know, we know by
0: now. Led, um, and and my uh, pick to win this week um, is going to be Matthew Wolf at twenty five to one. Um, you know, like like I said in the favorites, I'm not betting Matthew Wolf because he's top five at the last two events. Yes, it helps, uh, but when I take Matthew Wolf, it's because the course fits him, and I believe we kind of have the perfect match here with Matthew Wolf and Memorial park golf course, you know, not, not a golf course with a bunch of twists and turns. Um, there's no real teeth with the tee shots as far as, you know, a tour standard is concerned. And ever since Wolf, you know, opened up about the mental health, it's very obvious. He's playing on a schedule that, that is to his comfort. And I do believe he's starting to get kind of back in his comfort zone. Uh, like we saw in college and, you know, his you know, kind of first year out on the PGA tour, Um, And another thing I love about Wolf is how well he's putting the golf ball. He's picking up a full shot on the greens on average in his last five starts. um, And his best putting surface happens to be Bermuda green. So um, I love Matthew Wolf at 25 to one to win this week.
1: Yeah. And he's one of those guys too. Like we talked about, uh, you know, course fits great. All those things are great. If you're playing good, you're playing good, and he, you know, even last week, you wouldn't have said Mayakoba would be uh, Matthew Wolf's dream course, just with all the mangroves and junk everywhere. But obviously, he's still able to scratch out a top five. So going to this week, this uh, this should be a nice, uh, a nice course setup for him. So you know, I do like that pick, Will. But moving into our DraftKings lineup, I had a buy last week, uh, was able to rest up, but I am going with Taylor Gooch. Aaron Wise, Patrick Reed, Gary Woodland, who's been playing better as of late, Johnny Vegas, and then the bomber, Taylor Pendrith.
0: Right. And for my DraftKings line, I'm going Scotty Scheffler, Matthew Wolf, Mito Movement Pereira, Harry Higgs, who's been an unbelievable DraftKings option so far this year, uh, Kevin Streelman, and Peter Uline. I'm, I'm you know, I, I, just an absolute horrible. Uh, driver of the golf ball but um if there's a course where I'm taking my chances on him this week it's going to be a memorial park
1: yes yes yeah I think you know maybe Peter ulin has been too focused on the uh the 3,000 circle Ts he probably <laughs> yeah. over the years so that's our former IMG alumni so no shade there um even though they don't credit him but that's that's a story for another day
0: um yeah, yeah. on to our best best lens
1: yeah, for my best bet of the week, I have Tyrrell Hatton, top Englishman, plus 150. Tyrrell is the fourth best um, in the field in terms of strokes gained T to green. He really stands out among among all these Englishmen in the field. The only guy you're really worried about is uh, Mr. Poulter, who loves to jump up out of nowhere. Uh, he's 90th off the tee, 81st approach in his last 80 rounds. So when you're comparing to a guy who's fourth best in the field tee to green. It's just not really comparable of the surfaces. Yes. Poulter is the best putter in the field, but on Bermuda, he's actually, you know, 15, 20th best putter. So Bermuda really shows that's one of the the surfaces he struggles on. And I just don't think Poulter is going to putt well enough to offset his poor ball striking. So Cyril Haddon, great player through the bag driver, irons putter. Um, to me, this is uh, no contest. Yes, we are going up with some other guys. I believe Lee Westwood, uh, Danny Willett, sprinkled in there, but um, they're kind of the uh, all wash teams. So we are doing Tyrrell Hatton, top Englishman, plus one fifty. And my best bet, I'm going right back to my head to head. I'm taking Aaron Wise
0: over Adam Scott at minus one ten for my best bet. Um, I'm I'm shocked that this is even a matchup. I mean. Um, I guess he's priced high, you know, Adam Scott does have two top fives in his last four starts, but one being the Wyndham, which was back in August last season. And before that, it, you know, it goes 36th, 46th, um, did have a 13th at travelers 35th in the U S open missed cut at the PGA 54th at the masters. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't see any real consistency from Adam Scott, you know, here really over the last year. Sure. He's had a couple of good finishes, uh, but compared to a guy, you know, like Aaron Wise playing as good as Aaron Wise right now, I I don't even see this being a matchup.
1: Yeah, and I just think I kind of have a rule. I just don't take guys in head to heads that putt with the pin in. Just, you know, it just seems like seems like a little sketchy there. You know, no shade to uh Fitzpatrick and Adam Scott, but you know, I just don't want to be sweating over the on the 18th hole when the guy's got a six footer and he's having the pin put back in, just uh and that's the thing. I've seen way I've seen Adam Scott miss way too many putts inside five feet over his career to just like mentally take him in a head to head. So Will, I absolutely love fading him here. Yeah, no, I, I'm
0: absolutely with you on the um y- y- listen, all listeners out there, you have to take the pin out when you're on the greens. That's the yes. bottom line. Unless you're 40 yes. feet away and can't see it, take the damn pin out. Um but that's gonna wrap. So my best bet, Aaron wise over Adam Scott, minus 110. That's going to wrap things up here on the golf preview podcast on RJ Bell's dream preview. That was Houston open week. And we'll see you next week for the RSM classic best of luck led. Well, quick question. Are you yeah, going yeah. to be on
1: the ground? Are you going to be on the ground? Yes,
0: now? yes, yes. If you're out watching the Houston open, you will be able to find me out there. Um, I'll be walking around, um, picking up a couple of stories for PGATour.com. I covered the Monday this morning. No, I covered the Monday yesterday. That went into a six-hole mono mono-a-mono playoff this morning. Wow! Which and my I've covered them for almost a year now. Um, that's never happened, and it happens to be the one that's here in my hometown that I can go cover. I um, actually, actually got to see some pretty good golf. So, um, yeah, if you're out there this week, look for
1: me. Um, you're gonna be you're gonna be rocking a pure quarter zip, I'm sure.
0: Absolutely. No, no, no. It's gonna be perfect chilly weather. Uh, yeah, Peter shirt, paper collar. Peter Pullover, I'm, I'm an easy find at a PGA Tour event, right, Led? <laughs> love it. Love it. Looking forward to it. Bye, <laughs> right, Led. See you next week. RSM Classic. Yep. See you there.